can definitely say young. Morning church, morning all. Um, privileged to be here today um, and to be able to bring the word to you. Um, as Frian said, I forced him into English, um, but I must say now I've got something to live up to. Thank you, Frian. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, I've prepared in English, so I will speak English. Um, I will read English. Um, here and there I will use the heavenly language of Afrikaans, but um, it will be mainly in English this morning. Um, yeah, so uh, I really trust that besides my English that will have probably a couple of mistakes in there, I trust, really trust that the Holy Spirit um, will reveal the real meaning to you and will deposit something in your heart and in your life that will last. Um, yeah, so the, if I can call it the title of the, of the word this morning is Christian Freedom or Christian Liberty. And um, in Afrikaans is it Christelijke Vrijheid. Now, I thought, right, though, everybody knows what's freedom, but let's, let's define it um, as, as, as the world would define it. So, obviously, you Google it, and then it says, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. Pretty accurate. And then you go to liberty, um, the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority, on one's way of life, behavior, or political views, which is also great. That really sums freedom up for me, I must say. Um, so today I want to I wanna talk and um, bring the word out of Galatians, um, specifically Galatians 5 and Galatians 6. Um, God really pressed this on my heart um, to talk about it. It's relevant today. And I'm really a sucker for Galatians because it's nice, nice short chapters and it's straight shooting. It's straight shooting. What what is what it betekent. There's no mess, there's no fuss. So we're going we're gonna to read through, slowly through that and then I will um, say what I feel God has got to say um, through me. So as I studied Galatians 5 and 6 um, and with an exclamation on studied year, I've read it a lot, but I've never studied, studied it, to my absolute shame when I started studying it um, in preparation for today. And um, as I studied it, and I, I spoke to my wife about it, I realized that, yo, this is even more relevant today than I thought. You know, um, even in those days, Paul here is talking about false teachers and legalism. Exactly the same things are happening today. It's wonderful that um, God gave us a message that was written a long time ago that is so relevant today in our world that we live in. So legalism um, is uh, it's the excessive adherence to law. And that's something that's rearing its head again these days. Um, excessive adhering, you can say it's over the top or unnecessary adherence to law. So how does this... To come into Galatians. So, um, first of all, Paul founded the churches in Galatia, and he was followed around by Jewish Christian teachers who told the people that that what Paul preached is not the full gospel. He's got a lot to do, so he quickly preached a bit, and then he moved on. It's not the full gospel, they said, and then they added a couple of things. To, to what he said um, was the full gospel. 
Okay, so that's, that's a bit of background. So I think we can start with Galatians 5 verse 1. Um, I'm using the English Standard Version. It will be on the board as well. Um, so let's go for it. Verse 1. For freedom Christ has set us free. And I almost want to stop there before I continue. Um, so in Afrikaans, he come now. Christus het ons vrygemaak om werkelijk vry te wees. Talk about straight shooting, huh? What a, what a privilege. As a, if I can, this is the English standard version. We don't really talk like this anymore. So if I can, if I can switch the English up to Christ freed us to really make us free. Okay, so that's an absolute revelation. And then along with the revelation normally comes a warning. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So with revelation, a warning. Okay, um, so what does this mean, the yoke of slavery? Let's read further in uh, verse 2 to 6 quickly, and then, we, we'll, then I'll say something again um, that God pressed on my heart. So verse 2 of Galatians 5. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obliged to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So if I can take verse 5 quickly and again just read it in Afrikaans um, because that's the thing I really want to get over here in, 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 in this piece of the scripture. Then, wat ons betref, dier die werking van die gees, is dit ons hoop en verwachting dat ons dier te gloe vrygespreek sal word. So, putting this nice and short, um, if you have faith, you will receive righteousness. Huh? Free lunch, huh? Lekker makkelijk. Um, but, but that's really, the, that's the be-all and the end-all of it. So, Paul, Paul warns us to stay free and not get tied up in the law. In verse 1 already, we've just read, be careful for the yoke of slavery. Um, so, if I say the law, it's obviously the law of Moses. Now, then you ask me, but why was the law there? What was its function? So, the function of the law literally was, it was a guardian and a teacher um, before faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit took its place. That's what, that's what the um, law of Moses was there for. And if you don't believe me, let's, let's confirm it with the scripture in Galatians 3 verse uh, 23 verse 24. It will be on the board as well. Um, now, before faith, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. Um, and that's so great to know that, listen, there was a law. It was for our protection. We are not under the law anymore. So the law was to do with you do a certain thing at a certain time on a certain manner. And that's how it's done. Where the spirit is um, being free and believing the law of God. So this is the good news, that believing will bring freedom. 
God has already accepted us as we are. His acceptance for us is not based on law. It's based on, ach, it's, not, it's not based on law keeping. It's based on faith and believing in him. So, I spoke about legalism when I started off. And the question is, right, legalism, where, does it still play a role? Is there still a place for the law or a law? Now, there is still place for a law, but as I said, it's, there's a place um, for God's law. So, sorry, um, I want to read from 1 Corinthians um, 9 verse 20 to 21 quickly. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, that I might win those outside the law. So following the law there was for a certain purpose, but still if that was the law of Moses, but the, the law of God is the one we still have to obey. It's his character and his will for our lives. This is the way the Holy Spirit guides us all, uniquely, every day, but all within the same boundaries of the Holy Spirit. And that's important. We can't make up our own stuff. It's all within the boundaries of the Holy Spirit. So that law of God is, is they, they, they described it as the royal and perfect law um, in, in the word. So the royal and perfect law um, is best shown in um, James 1 verse 25 and James 2 verse 8. So I'll read James 1 quickly. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseverance, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, will be blessed in his doing. So I want to, I want to read it again. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. That was that uitvoer, that wat die op ons not just keep it for ourselves, but to share what the Holy Spirit reveals to us, to share it around between believers, unbelievers, all the people of the world. Then um, James 2 verse 8, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. And there we go. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. When I read this, now we've all heard it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and we know it's the cornerstone, but it just, it's just a whole new meaning when you see it this way, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then, um, moving on in Galatians um, 5, verse 7 to 12, um, Paul um, talks about the, the false preachers, which is very relevant these days um, in our world um, of social media and when you go and jog, you listen to a podcast. It wasn't there 10 years ago, now it's there. So really making sure you know what's being taught. And false teachers are extremely dangerous, and I'll get to that just now. But let's read from Galatians um, 5, verse 7 to 12. You were running well. Who hindered, who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persecution is not for him who calls you. A little leafen leafens the whole lump. Okay, in Afrikaans. A bikkie sier deeg deertrek die hele deeg. 
Um, I can do it for you in English, in a bit of better English as well. Um, and that is a little yeast spreads through the whole dough. Okay, so that was verse 9. Verse 10, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In the case of offense of the cross, ah, in that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you will emasculate themselves. Yeah, okay, not a nice thought, but anyway. Um, so there, once again, Paul shoots straight. And what he says is, don't distort the good news. Don't add to the good news. God gave the Holy Spirit. God gave his word. That is it. Nothing was left out. Trust and believe. We are so easily lured to add something, to accommodate someone, or to accommodate your own thoughts, or to accommodate your own will. But that is not what is said. This word is the true word. It's the only word. Nothing should be added to it. False teachers only have to make us doubt a little bit. And that's what verse 9 said. A little yeast spreads through the whole batch of dough. I was reminded while preparing this um, of the first 412 conference I attended. And um, Andrew Shelley gave a, gave a preach on, on the true north. Uh, looks like two people here remember the three people. <laughs> so what he basically said is, this is true north. This is the word of God. This is who and what you must follow. If you deviate one degree, you're off center. Now think how far off center you are in five years' time. You won't be able to see the truth, recognize the truth. And that is a very, very dangerous thought. So um, if we look at Galatians 5, verse 13 to 23 then. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only, um, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the law works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries. We know all this stuff. Dissension. Hmm. Dissension in Afrikaans is um, oneenigheid. And this is all my thing that makkelijk is deerstel, want ek vat offense. So ons is oneenig, ons is nie in eenheid nie. En eeuwenskielik word het genoem in die Bible, dat dit een van die, if it's, if it's called here, it's, it's really important. Dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, 
orgies and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine lovely words. Against such things, there is no law. So, verse 22 starts with, but the fruit of the Spirit, and then there's those nine words. But um, you can see fruit is a, is, a, is a singular. It's not a plural. So, in other words, those nine words consists of one fruit, which is Christian life. Um, God grows this fruit in us as we submit our lives to him. He grows it in us to make us more like him. Um, those nine words, that fruit in your life, that is the evidence of Christ in us. If you do not, if you do not carry your fruit, you will stop being like Christ. And not some of them, all of them. Every single one of those nine words is needed. So, I'm going to give you a man analogy. Um, I trust the woman understands if I say what a man analogy is, but it will make a bit of sense later. So my man analogy for today is the fruit must be seen in the light of serving people a meal or nourishing them. Okay, so I will quickly explain, or not quickly, it will probably take a little bit of time. <laughs> I will, and, and, and through that, I will explain each of those nine words, what it means in out of the meaning of giving someone a meal or giving them nourishment, which is what fruit does. So the first one is love. Like a mock, like I love God, I love my wife, I love my kids, check, let's move on. Not quite what the Lord had in mind. So let's read about love and uh, we go to John 13 verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So it's Makarlife. You've got to love one another. But it goes further in John 15, verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Remember, God died on the cross for us because He loved us. So uh, will you give your life for someone? Then we move on to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7. Now, most people here who are um, not married will probably know 1 Corinthians 13 by heart. It's about love. But I'll only focus on verse 7 today. So, verse 7 says, Love bears all things, believe, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Thus, love is a commitment to seek the good in others, even at a cost to ourselves. That's what the love part of this fruit actually means. If we move on to joy, be happy and smile. Yes, that's maybe the start of it. But let's see what Philipp uh, Philippians 4 verse 4 says. We all know this. We sang this at kindergarten. Some of us probably still sing it. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. So rejoice in the Lord always. 
rejoice in God, no matter what. Okay, but then the verse goes on, and again I say rejoice. Because if we rejoice, keeps you from despair. It keeps you from hopelessness. It focuses your mind on Christ. So peace, and this peace is not, there's no war. This peace is do not fear. So there I want to read from John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart, hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Do not fear. God has everything under control. Doesn't look to you like that, but God has everything under control. ESCOM, interest rates, exchange rates, economy, yeah, everything. Even if you go and sit on your chair and think about future problems that might happen. God has already has it under control. It will, it will still happen, make no mistake. It will still happen. Um, but God has it under control. We must not fear it. We can be proactive about it, but we must not fear it. It must not rule our lives. Then we move on to patience. Must we talk about patience? You guys probably all have this, eh? <laughs> okay, let's talk about patience. So, patience... Um, if I talk about patience in a meal and nourishment kind of way, it's not giving into your own will. It's sticking with the task at hand, which is making disciples. And here comes the, uh, the, the best part. Even if the response is not, expect, is not as expected or hoped for, we still need to tough it out. We must have the patience and the perseverance. Um, this I can confirm for you in James 5, verse 7 to 10. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You, you also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door as an example for suffering and patience. Brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. You've all read, read prophets in the Old Testament. Those guys suffered. They had to be patient. They had to deal with a lot of people who said, no, it can't be. No, I don't believe you. No, I don't see it. How long is it going to take? No, I prefer something else. That was patience and perseverance. The next one of the nine is kindness. And there I want to go to Matthew 25, verse uh, 37 to 40. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? And when did we see you, a stranger, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? And when did we, and when did you, uh, sorry, verse 39, and when did we see you sick, or in prison, and visit you? And the king will answer them, 
truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Serving others because we value them and not because we want something in return, that is kindness. Goodness is Matthew, 8, uh, Matthew 12, verse 33 to 35. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of this, uh, sorry, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. So goodness is your character and your integrity. The character in, and integrity of every person, the condition of your heart put into action, that is what goodness is. Now for faithfulness, um, I want to tell you a story just to relax the mood a bit of our family dog. <coughs> so our family dog is Benji and he's an um, Australian cattle dog of a beersond in the Yemelse term. Um, so um, Benji is a bit beersig. Um He's an Australian cattle dog so if you ever want to buy one, think again. So, um, yeah, he jumped over a six-foot wall yesterday, so I must still sort that out, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, so, despite him jumping over walls, jumping up against me, taking the washing down at least three times a day, I mean, what else must he do? Despite that, and I punish him for that, no, I don't, I don't beat the dog, <laughs> I punish him for that, um, and despite that, if I call him, he comes and he's extremely excited to see me. And he wants to go for a run and he wants to go with the children and he wants to play with them and he does not bite. And 10 minutes after the washing is off and I've cooled down, I've still loved him. So that for me um, is, is, is faithfulness. It's being and staying loyal whether one deserves it or not. Because sometimes the way I talk and feel about Benji, our dog, I don't deserve his loyalty. And sometimes when he takes down the washing the third time on a day, he does not deserve my loyalty. But he receives it, and so do I. And that's what faithfulness is. We can read that in Revelation 2, verse 10, quickly. Do not fear that you are, ab uh, that you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested and for 10 days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The crown of life. So that's one day we will receive the crown of life. Gentleness. Being considerate and humble towards others. And there I want to read from Thessalonicenza. That one's difficult in English for me, so I'll stick to the Afrikaans one. One Thessalonicenses 2, verse 7 to 8. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother, taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, 
also our own selves because you had become very dear to us, being considerate and humble towards others, sharing our own selves because you have become very dear to us. And then the last one, self-control, which is um, after patience or before patience, probably um, the one a lot of people struggle with the most. Now, self-control, why, why is it so difficult? Because it says there, being in control of your emotions and your desires. Freon spoke just now about desires on, from a financial point of view. That's big. It worries all of us. It uh, takes up our time. It takes up our focus. But being in charge of your emotions and your desires is extremely important to be Christ-like, to, um, to show other people, to help other people, to give them food, even if it's literally but spiritual food that gives nourishment. We have to have self-control. So self-control is best described in, um, in Titus 2, verse 1 to 2. Um, a lot of women will poke their husbands now, but um, just go home and read Titus 2, verse 3 and 4, um, if you want to poke now, um, and then we, <laughs> then we can talk afterwards again. So Titus verse, um, 2, verses 1 and 2. Uh, but, for you, but, but as for you, teach with the... Uh, let's try that again. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Be steady, be in control, be solid, be dependable. That's what self-control is. Now, these nine words that comprise of one, one fruit, it's not reserved for Wednesdays and Sundays when you think of God and you maybe make some time for God and there's a couple of people coming over that you think believe in God. This is reserved for every day of your life. This is your character. This is your heart. This is what you consist of. This is what, a, this is the character of a free God-fearing Christian. We must all model the fruit and those nine words is what we must do. And if I can, if I can, if I can pull it together in, 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 in John 15, verse 8, it reads, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And that's what God wants of us, to be his disciples, to go out, make more disciples. And the, the fruit of the Spirit is what he gives us to go out and feed people and nourish them. Fruit is basically the essence of being free and living within the boundaries of the Holy Spirit. If I can finish up here, um, and I'll, I'm going to um, read the last three verses of Galatians 5 and then the first 10 of Galatians 6 and then, and then end up, and, um, and then I'll just... I'll just take it, um, I'll just sum up everything, what it, what it means to me, and I really want you to listen to the next part and, um, and just make it part of your heart and part of your life and, and really hear, hear what Paul says. I, I, I said before in a joking way, he's a straight shooter, but he's a straight shooter. This is the gospel. 
He says it as it is. There's no doubt about it. So I'll read, read from Galatians 5, verse uh, 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, verwant, conceited, placing someone above, placing yourself above someone. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Brothers, verse 1 of um, chapter 6, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him, not rebuke, restore. Restore him in spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Verse 6. Let the one who is um, taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have, op uh, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So we should do good to everyone. Why, why, what, what does God mean here? So God says everyone. Remember, God, make ev God made every single person in this world, and I'll say built, according to his image. They are all his children. He loves them all. They are all special to him. So we can't say this one's better than that one, and that one should be there. It's all God's children. They are all special to him. If we forget this, we might fall into the trap of sin called racism, sexism, tribalism, classism, dangerous sins, dangerous place to find yourself in. You don't bear fruit when you're in that headspace. Do good to all. Let your fruit be visible and there for others' pleasures. And then the last part of that verse says, especially to those who are in the household of faith. That shows the spiritual bond between believers. Even if you don't know the person, you meet him, you see this guy loves the Lord, I love the Lord. There's immediately a spiritual bond between believers. Do good to each other, help each other, support each other, grow each other, restore each other. As they say in, um, at the start of... Um, Chapter 6, restore each other. That is, that is really what, what the Lord wants of us. So, to, to, to sum it up, Paul 
right straight and simple in Galatians 5 and 6. So the gospel is straight and simple. It's not tough to understand the meaning and the heart behind what he says in chapter 5 and chapter 6. So, so having said the gospel is simple, it, it is really simple. Believe, stay free within the boundaries of the Spirit, don't add to the gospel, and perpetually bear fruit. Always bear fruit. Not for your own good, but for the good of the kingdom and for the good of others. For Galatians 6 verse 9 says, In due course we will reap if we do not give up. So please persevere with fruit. Don't, don't feel that you have enough of something or that you run out of something. Keep your head down. Stay on your knees is probably a better one than keeping your head down. Stay on your knees. Pray. Ask Lord. Ask the people around you. Ask your fellow believers with whom you have a special bond to help you with this. For this is the way of Christian life and showing people this is who we are and that will help you to, to, live, to live free within the boundaries of the Spirit. Can I pray for us? Can we all stand, please?